0: Okay, today we are talking about this word on the front of your bulletin. If you looked at your bulletin and you looked at this word running down the side, uh, you see this word that you go, I'm not sure what that word is. That is intentional and it is a word. It is not devos, it is devos. Okay, now you know. Okay, what in the world are devos? at camp, devos are slang for daily devotions, and uh, I don't know if outside of camp, other places they use it as well, but at camp, it's it's there, it's what they talk about. If you walk in in the morning, uh, the kids are all there in the cafeteria, the lunchroom, and they're doing their devos, and, and which means they're doing their Bible reading, their, their uh Prayer, they're things like that. They're sitting there talking together over these things, and, and it's common for to walk walk by, and, or D- D- Dirk will walk in and he'll say, "Hey kids, how are your devos going? You, what are you doing for your devos?" It's, it's just it's, it's just this regular slang that they have, which is really awesome. I mean, when you think about it, because you don't make you don't use slang for things that you don't no <laughs> but but a lot of us we, you know, it's like what are devos I, it's like it, because devo, devotions are something we talk about sometimes or you might hear somebody talk about it and you wonder how what is that how do you do it when do you do it why do you do it part of this series of what and why the what and why series is is this next one daily devotions uh, what are uh, devotions? What what is it that, that is going on with this? Daily devotions is one of those phrases that Christians use to describe a time of Bible study and prayer on a regular basis. Okay, that's your basic definition of devotions. And uh, the, but but you know, I don't know if anybody has ever been taught how to do devotions. You know, this is what because frankly the Bible doesn't tell you how. Right? So even if you've been taught, you haven't been taught necessarily the way it's supposed to be, you've been taught a way that people have done it and that works for them. And so, so today we're, we're going to talk about this mysterious thing called devotions or devos and, and what it is we're supposed to do when we do them. Uh, and, and it's going to define and describe devotions, it's going to talk about how and why to do them, and hopefully this will help to be a blessing for, for many of us. Some of you say, well, I do my devos all the time, well... Aren't you awesome? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so what are devotions and, and how do you do them? And I'm opening my Bible, but I really don't have a place to open it to yet. First place we're going to go is Psalm 5, our scripture reading place, when we get there. First of all, the easy answer of what are devotions is devotions is, it's, it's kind of funny, my little grammar checker just hated it. I kept saying devotions is because you think it's are. Devotions is a time set aside for Bible reading and prayer. Uh, what you do is you read your Bible and you pray. Okay, I know that's, that's deep. Okay. Uh, okay, so if it's that simple, you say, how are you going to preach a whole sermon on it? Now, that's kind of easy. The, the answer is we're people. And as people, we have, some of us is more than others, but we all have this incredible ability to complicate things. Right? And we can take simple things and make them hard. And, and sometimes we're also very insecure, so we start doing it, we go, I'm not sure I'm doing it right. What are you doing? Well, I'm not sure I'm doing it right either. And we have this little insecurity huddle that doesn't actually solve anything. So, so my goal is to make devotions doable for every single one of us here. So devotion, the, de- the definition of devotion, according to my dictionary there, is the fact, quality, or state of being devoted. <laughs> okay, that was one, two, piety or devoutness, three, religious worship, four, prayers, five, and this is one I want to get to, loyalty, faithfulness, deep devotion, and, and you know, I was always taught you're not supposed to use the word in the definition of the word, right, and so loyalty, faithfulness, deep devotion, and then finally, the act of devotion, D- you know, devotion is a, a, a feeling that must be represented by action. And so when we talk about devotions, we're talking about something we do to express devotion, the feeling that we're trying to, to get out and express. Uh, it, devotion is an act, devotions are an act of worship and devotion is worship, right? And, and so that the, these things are inextricably uh, twined together and, and, and inseparable. Devotion, uh, uh, the definition uh, My definition, when we say devotions, we're referring specifically to that time of Bible reading and prayer, uh, but that doesn't come out of a book. That's just just my experience. So how do you do devotions? And the first thing you do is you have to decide I'm going to do them. Until you decide you're going to do them, they're not going to happen. You have to decide you're going to do them. Uh, Devotions will not happen unless you make them happen, right? You have to make them happen. I have a wood stove. I love my wood stove. This is the time of year when I get to fire up my wood stove. But you know, I get up in the morning and I walk up to the wood stove and I want it to be hot. (laughs) And it's not. It's like, what's wrong with you? You're supposed to produce heat. But it's not producing heat because I have not fed it right? I have not kindled it. I have not started it up. So I get my kindling. I get my paper. I start it up. I let it burn a little bit. I throw on the logs. And before long, it is producing heat, right? And then it is doing what it's supposed to do. It doesn't produce heat until I get it started. Guess what devotions are? Devotions are the fuel for the fire of devotion. It's not that complicated. If you say, I have devotion... But you don't do anything to show devotion. You're not going to feel devotion and the word becomes meaningless like a wood stove that does not have a fire in it. Okay? It will not produce heat. It may maintain a little warmth for a while and radiate. It's not going to accomplish a whole lot. Devotion is, is, by the way, it's a noun. It's one of those nouns that we do and it sounds odd to say a noun you do. Don't you do a, a verb? Well, you know, because we, we, we don't do the car. We don't do the phone. But we do do the dishes or at least we're supposed to, some of us do. Uh, We we do our hair, right? Dion? (laughs) Dion says, we covered it in Sunday School this morning. Leviticus, something, something. If he is bald, he is clean. (laughs) Uh, It's it's biblical, okay? Uh, And and so when we talk about doing devotions, we're talking about it that way. It is an act done out of devotion to God, okay? but they don't happen unless we make them happen, and, and I think a word we must link with devotions is determination, because it takes determination to do it. You have to decide to do it. You have to make yourself do it. Now, when I say that, that doesn't mean it will always be that way, but especially when you start some new thing. When you start to do some new thing, you have to be determined to do it, right? Uh, uh, well, I could give all sorts of examples, but there's all sorts of things that are like that. You understand it. Devotions are rarely convenient. And by that I mean there is always something that is going to compete for your devotions, whatever it is. And you have to be able to say devotions is more important because what is devotions? It is your expression of devotion to God. More more than almost anything else we need to remember, it is not about what I am getting out of this. Even though you will get a lot out of doing devotions, it is about you being determined to do something in honor of God, to show your dedication to God, your devotion to God, your worship to God, and so you do devotions for that reason. They are not convenient. If, if you are not already doing them, then you are adding a new thing to your life, and you are adding a new thing to your schedule, right? And so you go, well, how much time does it have to be? Well, according to the Bible, no. <laughs> there, is, there is no answer to that, but it ha- you know the, how much time it takes is enough time. Enough time. Don't, don't say, what is the least possible amount of time I could do, get away with, and call it devotions, on the other hand, don't say, I am going to spend an hour every morning in devotions, because you will quit very quickly. <laughs> okay? You'll say, I failed, I can't do it, I'm going to quit. So, so, so it's, it's, uh, but, but no matter what, if you are not already doing them, they will be an imposition on your life. It takes a block of time to do them, whatever that block is, and to do them consistently, it's going to be a consistent block of time in your schedule, and you're going to have to do something to make it work. Because it will not just happen. If you want to do them without interruption, then it is definitely going to be done at an inconvenient time. I lied. I said we we're going to go to, to, to Psalm five. We're going to go to Mark chapter thirteen or chapter one, uh, verses uh, thirty-five to thirty. Lynn's laughing because I lied from the pulpit. Yeah, it was an uh, unintentional sin. <laughs> Talked about those in Sunday school too. They're still sins. I apologize. Okay, Mark chapter one, verses thirty-five to thirty-seven. In this passage, obviously it's chapter 1, we're right at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. He has just started getting together and hanging out with his disciples, and they are not used to Jesus yet. I don't know if you ever get used to Jesus, but they are not used to Jesus yet. And so we read what happens to them this morning. Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Right? What did Jesus do to have a time? I'm not going to call it a time of devotions, even though that's what we would call it today. Jesus, Jesus wanted to have some alone time with God and everybody was crowding around him. Jesus was the the it guy. He's the guy everybody was caught up with, everybody was following, everybody was paying attention. And so he got up early enough that even mom didn't know he was gone. Not his mom, but this would be Peter's mom at this point. But, But you know, the person who gets up early and makes the coffee, The person who gets up early, maybe in their case, and milk the goat, you know, the the person who got up early and got the day started before everyone else so that everyone else, when they got up, the fire was already going in the wood stove, that person didn't know where Jesus was, right? Jesus, because he, because he what? Because he needed to be alone with God. And in order for him to get alone with God, he got up early before it was light, and he went out to a desolate place where nobody's going to happen by him, and he spent time with God. Because that's what he needed to do in order to have it. Jesus is the, the illustration for us, of the, or the example, of it's not convenient. It's not easy. You have to make it happen if you want it to happen. Uh, two, thoughts, two, two thoughts compete when you do this. One is, it would sure be nice to get up early and have that uninterrupted time of devotion. Devotions. The other thought is, it would sure be nice to get another hour of sleep, <laughs> or half hour of sleep, or whatever. You know, I don't know about you, I don't like to get up in the morning. Uh, some mornings, it's especially, you know, uh, I'm gonna. Uh, it, it's hard to get up early enough, you know. But that's what we find, Psalm chapter 5, verse 3, our scripture reading, O Lord, in the morning... O Lord, in the morning will I direct my steps. Am I getting this right? Unto you and will. I, anyway, I stop singing. Uh, Psalm 5, verses 1 to 3. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. And what is he saying? He's saying, I get up in the morning and focus myself on God. Lord, that's what I do. And he goes on and he presents his, his request to God uh, and, and his plea. We find that theme again in, in Psalm chapter 55, verse 17. We're only going to look at a few here. Psalm 55, verse 17. I'll, I'll read verse 16 and 17. But I call to God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. And you hear the Psalm of Saving. Evening, morning, and noon, like three meals a day, right? He has a regular time that he spends with God, focusing on God, seeking God. It's a consistent thing. Psalm 59, verse 16, just a few verses to the right, uh, we find. Uh, but I will sing of your strength, I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been a fortress to me and a refuge in the day of my distress. And we find this, this emphasis of, of in the morning. Uh, we could go on, we have it in Psalm 88:13. 13. I, I highlighted Psalm 92, 1 and 2, I don't remember why, so let's look at that one real quick. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, most high, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. And we have this—we have this, 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 this. You know, they're not calling it devotions, but we have this time dedicated to God, to focusing on God. We find it at morning, we find it at night, we find it at noon, but especially at the morning. We have it again in Psalm 143. If you go to the story of Daniel in the lions' den, and we won't go there and read. Daniel chapter 6 today, <laughs> but if you go to the story of Daniel in the lion's den, it went like this, a new, a new, the, the, the Medes and the Persians have just come over, they've taken over Babylon, it was the Babylonians that had Babylon, now it's the Medes and the Persians have it, right, and, and uh, the, the new king Darius, he comes in and he looks and he says, I need to have some people run this place for me, I don't know how it works, I don't know the people, so he appoints leaders and among the leaders he gets three who rise to prominence and among those three there's one who rises to prominence and it's Daniel. And these other guys don't like him. They hate it that this outsider Jew is in, responsible and placed above all of them. And they, so they, they're going to they're slander him. They're going to, they're, 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 they're typical politicians. They're going to find some dirt. So they start looking for dirt on Daniel and they find out there isn't any dirt on Daniel. This guy is a, an upstanding, moral, hardworking, capable guy. I can't find anything on him. I know what I'll do. Let's use his God against him. Right? So they make a law that says uh, nobody can pray to anybody but the king for the next, I think it's 30 days, I don't remember off the top of my head, uh, and, and, uh, and they know they're setting a trap because for them it's a way of telling the king, you flatter him, puff up, puff him up, ha, you're special, nobody can come to anybody but you, even they can't even, even gods have to take a backseat to you, and he's like, yeah, I like that, and then he finds out that, whoa, this is all about Daniel, because what does Daniel do? It says he went and prayed three times a day, as was his habit. In the window facing towards Jerusalem every day, morning, noon, and night. He went and he prayed. And he wasn't going to stop it. And he had this regular schedule, what we would call today daily devotions three times a day. I'm only asking for once. <laughs> but but I, I will make an argument, by the way, from the morning passages that, you know, because I remember being taught about this kind of stuff years and years ago, and they say, whatever time works best for you. And that makes a lot of sense, except, you know, you fuel your car before the trip. You're going to go through a day. Do you think every day, is there, has, has a day happened to, to you where there weren't struggles of some kind? <laughs> because mark those days down. They're pretty rare. They happen, but they're pretty rare. Every day has struggles. And even on the best days, they're the sneaky ones, because you can get so caught up in your fun, you forget all about God anyway. Right? There is not a day you want to start that day, you want to start that day with, with, with God in focus. And I want to argue for morning, even though, even though you can do other times, certainly, uh, but, but uh, I like the morning. The first thing you have to do is you have to decide to do devotion and then make your devotions happen. Okay, so prayer in the Bible. Now, those are my two, my two elements that I say make up devotions. If you want to sing, by the way, that's great. Uh, if you're in the house, you might wake up people. You might bother them depending on your voice. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, sometimes you'll catch me singing in the car because the cars, I do a lot of praying when I drive. In fact, other people do a lot of praying when I drive. But that's, <laughs> that's a whole different subject. <laughs> and, and sometimes, you know, I don't know about you, I start to pray because I feel like I'm supposed to, and I feel cold and dead inside. And it's hard to pray well when you feel cold and dead. So I'll sing. And guess what? It stirs up that fire. It gets it ignited. It gets things going. And it starts the thing. So, so you can sing. Don't, don't let you not. But, but prayer in the Bible, and, and prayer can be so hard. I don't know why prayer can be so hard. Do you think you don't have enough things to pray for? If, if you fall into the routine of prayer, then you will always pray the same prayer for the same things. But you know, did, did you guys listen at pray, praise and prayer time today? Do we have a shortage of things to pray about around here? Is your problem that you don't have enough things to pray for? Because you can pull your head out of that ostrich hole and, and start looking around. There's no shortage of things to, people, to, to pray for. You have people you care about, and those people have problems. And some of them are spiritual and some of them are, are physical and some of them are emotional and some of them are mental. Look at our bulletin, look at our church directory, right? Look at our nation, look at our world. If your problem is finding things to pray about, then then you've got a whole different problem. You're going through life with these blinders on that don't let you see anything. You have plenty of things to pray about. And so then there's the Bible. You know, what do you do for Bible? Well, for your best tool in the world for reading the Bible, it's called the Bible. Right? You open it and you start reading, it. and you can have a plan. Uh, you can pick a book or a passage and start reading. You can just say, you know what, I'm going to read Jeremiah. And, and, and different people will talk about things. John will say, he's re- he read Romans for how many years did he do that? I think he's insane. Okay. <laughs> or or there, there, there's, there's the, the Psalm of the Day. There's If you want to do this, this is, this is kind of an interesting experiment to do for a while. It can get kind of hard, because one day you have Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible, but on on the first day of the month, you read Psalm 1, Psalm 31, Psalm 61, Psalm 91, uh, Psalm 121. Day two of of the month, you read Psalm 2, Psalm 32, Psalm 62, Psalm 92, Psalm 122. You read five psalms a day, and Proverbs 1, Proverbs 2, so on like that, and you will read through... Psalms and Proverbs every month. Like I say, on the day you have Psalm 119, <laughs> it's like a punishment. But but it will. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sacrifice, sacrifice. Thank you. <laughs> uh, someday, you know, God's up there shaking his head. So <laughs> why did I make that guy pastor? <laughs> uh, <laughs> jo- 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 Joan and I use. Uh, not this year. This year we're doing the Daily Bread, and we rotate. We do the Daily Bread and the One Year Bible. If you do the One Year Bible, you read through the Bible in one year, and every day it's got a reading for from Old Testament, from New Testament, from Psalms and Proverbs. You read uh, Psalms and Proverbs both twice as you go through it that way, and and it works really well. And we've done this many times. Uh, but you know what I found is is most people, what you do is you start doing the One Year Bible, and you find out it's hard to do the One Year Bible. That was actually Sunday school, sorry. (laughs) We're in Leviticus and the Old Testament survey, so. Uh, um, People fall behind. Because in order to read through the one-year Bible, you have to read every day. And if you do it as more than one person, like we do our devotions together, then you read it out loud. And I don't know if you're aware of this, you read slower out loud than you do silently. And so you basically are going to set aside 15 to 20, 25, 30 minutes even, reading out loud. And then you're going to spend your time in prayer or whatever. And and you find some mornings you can't do that. And you fall behind. And then you fall two days behind. And then you fall three days behind. And by the time you get to June, you're still in February. (laughs) And you say, why do I try? You know, there is the one-year reading, the one-year Bible can be done in two years. It can be done in three years. It can be done in five years. Right? It's like, do you, do you, do you go and say, well, you know, I, I forgot to brush my teeth yesterday, so I'm just going to stop? I'm not bothering with that anymore. I'm a failure at toothbrushing. I'm not brushing my teeth anymore. <laughs> right? Do you do that? Or do you say, okay, you know what? I, I'm going to make sure I don't miss tomorrow because I realize I didn't brush my teeth today, which, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we all were aware of that. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, uh, you you don't don't do that. You don't say, well, you know, I was going to take a shower this morning and I got busy and I never took my shower. Well, I'm giving up on this whole cleanliness thing, (laughs) right? We don't do that. Well, treat your devotions that way. Don't say, well, I I, I tried a couple times, I failed, so I'm not going to try anymore. Would you do that with food? I was too busy to eat yesterday. I'm just giving up on this whole eating thing, (laughs) right? That's the way to think about devotions. Because you fail once doesn't make you a failure. It just makes, makes you need to say, I'm going to pick it up and do it again. So we like the one-year Bible. Some people, some people like to, to say, not, you know, the, thing about, the other thing about one-year Bible is you're glossing over whole big amounts. And you're not going deep into things, right? You say, well, I don't like that. I want to go deep. Fine! Because the Bible doesn't say thou must do doeth, doeth it this is the way, <laughs> right? It, it allows you to do, to do it your way. And so, so pick your passage and, and read it. You'll read one verse and dwell on it, meditate on it, think about it. You don't let that one verse just ooze with meaning for you, or the one passage, or the one chapter, or, or the one psalm, or whatever you're doing. You, you, you don't have to do it the way I do it. I do it the way I do it because I like it that way because that's what I do. That's why I do it that way. I mean, it, it feeds feeds itself. The, you can do that. But there's also a lot of other tools. We have the daily bread back there, which is what Joan and I are doing for our devotions this year. Is, is We're reading the daily bread, and every morning you, you pick it up, and it's got a little story about that long, and, and uh, uh, it's got a little Bible reading, and the thing is, is if you've been doing the one-year Bible, you feel like you're cheating when you do the daily bread because it doesn't take any time. <laughs> it just... Do it and it's done. It's like okay, well, let's pray now, <laughs> and and uh, so so you can do that. There's all, but there's all if you if you if you are slightly more techie than me, <laughs> right? There are a gazillion. Apps out there for daily devotions that you can pick up and do. And they will help you do that. It's it is lots of things you can do. And you can do a Bible study. You can actually do a Bible study in the morning, sit down with your Bible. I don't like to do Bible studies for devotions because I do Bible studies for a living. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of what I do. So when I do my devotions, I don't want to do that. That's probably the reason I like you know, just reading big hunks, because you don't do that in a Bible study, you, you read you know, your little things. So I don't, like a, I don't like the idea of a Bible study for devotions for me. But you're not me. You're you. And if a Bible study works for you for daily devotions in the morning, then praise God, do that. Right? There, there's no reason why you couldn't. Uh, devotions is and, and hang on to this you know, because you, you can go through all this and you can say, well, you're a preacher, you this, you that, you the other thing. And, and you're right. But devotions is about your devotion to God. And devotions is fuel for fire, right? We, we call it worship when we sing. And by the way, devotions is worship. Worship is showing God he is worthy. And, and, and as, as I was talking about singing, and it feeds my soul and lights the fire sometimes, that's what devotions does. And do not think you can be devoted without fueling that fire. Sometimes, you, you, you've got to do it if you want it to work. Uh, we, we, <laughs> I, I put a note here. Uh, devotions is about demonstrating your devotion to God. It's not a competition. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't worry about comparing your devotions, how you do it to some, how someone else does it. What are you doing for devotions? Oh, I read uh, 20 minutes every morning. Oh man, I'm only reading 10. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to start. I'm going to read 25. Oh, yeah? I'll see that 25 and raise you five. (laughs) Okay, that doesn't make sense. We don't compare devotions and have winners and losers. Uh, How you do devotions is up to you, and if you do devotions, you are a winner. You are going to win. You are going to draw closer to God. What if you miss, like I said, you don't quit brushing your teeth if you miss a day. You just do it again. You start over. Okay, why, that's all about the what. Why do you do the devotions? And the answer is, the, the question is the answer. I mean, the word is the answer. There are lots of benefits to doing devotions, and each benefit is a reason, right? You do it, your Bible knowledge increases, Right? You do it, your understanding increases. You do it, your, your love is going to increase. You say, I'm not sure I see the connection between reading that in the morning and my love And guess, guess what? I don't care what you, whether you see it or not. You may not see it in the cause and effect side, I mean the cause side, but you will see it in the effect side. It will make a difference in your life. Uh, There are lots of of benefits. There is learning. There is growth. There is the fact that you know you are praying for people that you care about instead of thinking, oh, I ought to pray for them, or I should have prayed for that. You know that you're doing it. Uh, There's always that bragging rights out there, but try to avoid that one. But each benefit is a reason for doing devotions. Uh, But I like to think that we do it to show our devotion to God. Which, by the way, is the only reason why you read some of those passages in the, the, the one-year Bible. Do you know that in Numbers, you know there are 12 tribes of Israel. And in the, number, in the book of Numbers, they're giving their gifts to God. And each of the 12 tribes gives their own exact same gift that takes about that much of a page. And so the tribe of Reuben does it, and then the tribe of Levi does it, and then the tribe of Judah does it, then the tribe of, and it's all word for word, exactly the same. Guess why I know? (laughs) <laughs> and you go, this is not feeding my soul. <laughs> this is not helping me, God. Why, you know, the interesting principle of scripture, all, 2 Timothy three sixteen 16 and 17, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, perfect or complete for all good works. And it says, all scripture is inspired even that passage of Numbers. And <laughs> you go, I don't get it. First ten chapters of First Chronicles is begats. Ask me how I know. <laughs> you know what you tell yourself? I'm not doing this because it's feeding me. I'm doing this out of devotion to God. And I believe, whether you feel fed by it or not, that devotion to God pays off. I believe that, that sometimes when we do something simply out of duty, that's okay. It doesn't, duty doesn't sound like a good reason, but sometimes it's the best honest reason we can come up to. And, and like I said, devotions is the fuel for the fire of devotion. Devotions takes, sometimes takes nothing but duty to make you get up and do the thing that you do, but it fuels your fire for devotion. If you want a fire, you've got to light it. You've got to feed it. Uh, when, when you, 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 <laughs> I sometimes I have to read what I wrote down. You, you pick up your kindling on a cool morning, there is no warmth to it. Right? You throw it in the wood stove, still no warmth to it. You, you add in the fire, there's no warmth to anything that you're touching. You finally light the fire and, and you start getting some warmth. If you do the work, you feel the heat. (laughs) If you don't do the work, you don't feel the heat. Going through the act of devotions is fuel for the fire of devotion. Going through the acts of worship is fuel for the fire of worship. And don't think you can just say, I don't need that stuff. It doesn't feel rewarding. I want to stick with what feels good because you'll never get what feels good if you don't do the work. I shouldn't say never. Sometimes you can go somewhere and be fed without trying, and I'm not going to take that away, right? God does that for us because he loves us, but there's nothing wrong with doing things out of duty. You put gas in your car out of duty, right? There is one time in your life when putting gas in was a privilege. That was the first time. (laughs) And every time after that, unless all of a sudden you got a new high economy car and you just go, oh, is that all the gas it took, <laughs> right? That might be fun too, but I don't know, I've never had one of those. But, but, there's only, but the rest of the time we put our gas in the car out of duty, but we put the gas in, why? Because it's important because the, the car doesn't work without the fire, I mean without the, the, the gas. Uh, you wash your dishes out of duty, you mow the lawn out of duty. My neighbor across the street, I think he likes to mow the lawn. I think, I don't understand that. Joan and I talk about it. We laugh at him every time he mows the lawn. He's mowing the lawn again. (laughs) It's like, wow, he thinks it's fun. What a goof. (laughs) A lot of good is accomplished in this life by the things we do out of duty. Right? A lot of good is accomplished by that. Doing devotions out of duty accomplishes a lot of good. Just the same. One of those things is that you have a life that is being lived that is more devoted to God. Okay. A lot of there are a lot of ways to show devotion to God. Not all of them are included in this thing we call devotions. It's a it's a modern word, right? It's not one we 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 find the word devotion in in the Bible, but we don't find devotions in the Bible. It's not described in the Bible. Everything I'm telling you is, is based on observation of, I shouldn't say everything because I read the verses about, you know, the psalmist and, and Daniel, I didn't read Daniel, I told this, told this story, but, but, you know, we find some things about it described. It, it's a modern phenomenon that we call it what we do and do it the way we do, uh, but it's, it's based on, on scripture, it's based on, on reality, it's based on what has worked in this world. A lot of good has come out of it. They're an important part of the devoted Christian life. Seek him in the morning. Walk with him through the day. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, I I ask that you help each one of us to spend time in devotion to you. Spend time simply because we are devoted to you. And Father, as we are devoted to you, let us grow in that devotion. And, And let it not be just something we do, but let it be something we experience. Bless us, build us up, help us to walk faithfully with you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.